welcome to the Adrian Ross Show, another episode and an exciting one at that on the BMG Network. That is the BMGnetwork.com. I'm going to start, as I always do, with a review from a listener. I'm very excited when I when I get a review and, and I love to share them. So here's the latest. This is from Maya's grandma. That's how she identifies herself, Maya's grandma. And she entitles this Honest, Relevant, and Entertaining. Adrian Ross pulls no punches as she discusses a myriad of relevant topics for the state of the world today. Her keen insight and sense of humor, along with her faith in the Lord, bring depth and meaning to all of her podcasts. I look forward to hearing her weekly remarks on the BMG network. Thank you so much, Maya's grandma. I just have to say that Maya is really blessed, obviously, to have you as her grandma, because you're clearly very insightful. <laughs> I just had to say that very insightful because you think I'm insightful. So I just have to give you a shout out for that. But seriously, thank you so much for taking the time to write a review. Again, a lot of people think it's a small thing. It's not. It's a huge, huge blessing and benefit to the Adrian Ross show. So if you're wondering, how can I help? Will my words matter? Yes, they do matter. Please take a moment and go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen that allows a rating and review. And if you love this, give it a five-star rating as well as writing a review and share with other people so that they would do the same. So if you haven't written one yet, do it, go for it, okay? I would really appreciate it. So now that we've gotten the review out of the way, we're gonna dive in, okay? And I have a guest today. I have a guest for the Adrian Ross Show. Her name is Kelsey Bolander. She and her husband have adopted a plethora of children, as well as having their own biological children. And that is the subject, that interview is the subject of today's episode. Please hang in to the end. You will be so glad you did. I told you last time that I was going to address with a guest, I was going to transition from what I was talking about last week about people who throw these accusations out concerning abortion, the pro-choice, pro-abortion people who come out and say, oh, those pro-life people, they don't care about babies, they don't adopt, blah, 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 blah. And I specify that those are two separate issues, number one, but number two, it's just a lie. Because people are, people are adopting and opening their homes and their hearts. And you're gonna meet such a person right now. So enjoy. Okay, so let's dive in to this episode of the Adrian Ross Show. And I'm so excited because I have my guest, Kelsey Bolander. Kelsey, welcome to the Adrian Ross Show. Thank you. It's so fun to be with you. Yes, I'm so glad. I'm so excited. And I don't know if other people are aware who have been following the Adrian Ross Show uh, for the past few months, I've been doing this for a few months. And so you sit in a historical seat. And that is you are actually the first guest that I've had on the Adrian Ross Show. I'm good at running my mouth myself. 
<laughs> but I haven't had it yet. So I know, I don't know how significant <laughs> that is to you, but maybe one day when I have like a billion listeners on the podcast, that might, that might matter to you a little bit. That you know, I'm so honored. So yeah. honored to be your first guest. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. okay, good. So I just wanted to make sure you knew that and, uh, and also to let our listeners to uh, know that also. What I want to do is have you introduce yourself. I mean, I could have, I could have uh, introduced you, but really my, my thought was that I want you to tell us who you are. I want you to tell us what you feel we should know about you before we even get into this particular podcast. So what, what is it that you would tell us about yourself that you feel would be beneficial for our listeners? Well, in context to what we're going to talk about, um, I am a mom. I have 10 kiddos. Mm -hmm. You did hear that right. One, zero, 10. I know it kind of took me by surprise as well. And, you know, we were very content with three boys and thought we were very done. And the Lord challenged us to step into the realm of adoption. And we kind of went crazy, adopted six kiddos, and then had another little surprise homemade package. So we have 10 and life is never boring. Uh, we live in Kansas City and we pastor a church here called The Bridge, but also have an adoption agency called Zoe's House Adoption Agency that is in its sixth year. And um, oh. yeah. Six years already. Yeah. Can you believe it? I remember when it started and my goodness, time has flown by. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And I'm, I can't wait to get to, to your story. Um, because when someone hears 10 kids, especially women, they're like, they already passed out on the couch. You know, I know right. There's gotta be a story. Yes. What in the world? So, so that's the, that's the short story of, of who Kelsey Bolner is. And when you say we, um, you mean you and my husband, Randy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you pastor. That's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So let me tell the audience why I decided to have you on. I have been, it's not new. I mean, the conversation around the subject of abortion is not obviously a new conversation and it's not something new for me. I've, you know, I've talked about it, but recently, and if you've been uh, paying attention to the Adrian Ross show, I've, you noticed that I've been talking about this a little bit more, probably more on my mind in light of Texas and the heartbeat law and, and, and all that. And so it's always a controversial issue. And last week, I, I wanted to address what I call an accusation that from pro-choice, pro-abortion, whatever you want to call people who often say that if pro-lifers really cared about babies, then they would adopt and they're not, or they would give more and they're not. And so they're hypocrites and they really need to sit down and shut up um, because they don't really care. And it's, they use it as a justification for, a, for, for condoning abortion. Now, this episode isn't, isn't just about abortion, but I want to transition from that to, to talking about what we're going to talk about with you and I wanted to get, I thought, who better to get feedback from than someone who's in the trenches, who has adopted, as you said, you have 10 kids, and uh, most of whom are adopted. But I want to start with that, because what I said was that, well, why don't we play what I said? And then I will give you an opportunity to give me some feedback about what you think 
about my perspective concerning the people who say, you know what, if you're not adopting, sit down and shut up. Okay, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so let's take a listen to, to what I talked about, this clip from what I talked about last week. You often, often hear people who are pro-choice, pro-abortion say things like, you know, those pro-life people, they, they don't want any abortion, but they, you know, they only care about babies in the womb. Once they're born, they don't care about them. They just throw them to the, to the wolves. They don't care. And first of all, that's just, that's just wrong. I mean, I can't, I couldn't name a person who would, you know, I don't care about people after they're born. Just, and nobody says that. Okay. And we'll talk in a moment about why the opposition to life says something as ridiculous as that. But you hear that, you know, and that's a justification for them for abortion because, you know, those pro-life people, they're not willing to help. They're not they're not adopting kids. They don't care. And they link adoption with abortion. And so if you don't adopt, then you should sit down and shut up because you have nothing to say. Or they don't give. They don't give to, to these agencies and they don't help women who find themselves in these circumstances. So, you know, they, they just care in the womb. They, they don't really care. They're, they're hypocrites. And again, first of all, that's wrong. It's not true. And I'll get to my second point in a moment. Why is it not true? Listen, I know many people who adopt Okay, and, and whether they adopt because they're pro-life and, and, and the, because of the abortion issue, whether they adopt because they can't have children, whether they adopt because they just love children, whatever their reason is for adopting people, there are people, and I know them, who adopt. They care about kids. They care about family. They care about these babies. They, they are, I mean, I know people who've adopted more than one child. And they're not just adopting people who look like them, their same race, their same, you know, nationality. All They're adopting across the board because they are people who love children. And that's what they have done. So the idea that, you know, people aren't adopting, they're just running their mouths is, is just a false one. Okay. The idea that people aren't giving, I know people who work in in agencies that help women so that they have the resources they need they hold their hands and walk alongside them during during circumstances that perhaps they didn't anticipate so that argument is also a false one it's a lie so now to my point why the lie why the lie is to cause you to sit down and to shut up not only is it to justify their stand on a being pro-abortion or pro-choice it's also to cause Others who are pro-life, who are speaking out, to sit down and shut up. Go, well, you haven't adopted anybody, so you need to sit down. Oh, you're not working in some agency or you didn't give to this agency. You didn't contribute here. So you just need to sit down and shut up and that you don't really care. And so and so now you're feeling bad because, oh, my, I haven't adopted anybody. Who am I to say that people shouldn't have abortions if I'm not willing to take that child? You know, that whole that whole thing, which is designed, again, to control, to manipulate, and to, you know, alter the, the, the issue. And so what is the issue? This is where I say this may get controversial and that you need to lean in to understand my heart and what I'm saying. Okay. Here's the deal. If no one ever adopted a kid at all, and there were all these babies born who didn't have families to adopt them abortion is still wrong 
Now, thank God, as I said, there are many people who are. But I'm here to say that one issue has absolutely nothing to do with the other. As harsh as that sounds, abortion is wrong, period. But see, the opposition to life tries to conflate the two and tries to say, well, if if abortion were so wrong and you really believed it, then, then, then you should be doing this X, Y, and Z. And if you haven't done X, Y, and Z, now you this is justification for abortion and then you just need to sit down. Well, they are not the same issue. If I never adopted a single child, if no one ever adopted a single child, God forbid, abortion is still wrong. Okay, there you have it. Um, there you have it. Yeah, there you have it. <laughs> now, some might call that controversial, but I wanted people to hear my heart and I, I don't want to misunderstand where I was coming from. So I'm going to ask you, okay. you know, what, you know, wh- where did I go wrong? Did I go wrong? Um, where am I right? Elaborate. What do you think about what I. Well, let me answer that with a, a little story. Okay. So we, we actually had a very personal up close confrontation with that same accusation that mm-hmm. you are talking about. In 2005, we moved to Washington, D.C. We spent about a year there. We uh, helped establish what's called the Justice House of Prayer on Capitol Hill. So we would pray for the nation. We prayed for a lot of governmental leaders. But something we would really uh, take time to do every day is go to the Supreme Court. We would actually wear a red tape on our mouth that said life across. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen that in the news or Time magazine, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of spread across the nation now. And we would pray silently. We didn't. It wasn't a protest. It was a silent prayer meeting for the ending of abortion. And one one uh, day during the March for Life, there was a particularly uh, vile protester against us uh, came and my 12 year old son is standing on the, the steps and this guy came and just yelled at my son. What are you going to do if you win? You don't no. even want the babies. So what are you going to do if you win this argument? Uh, You know, you don't want them any more than we do. And, you know, I mean, you just wanted to slap the guy. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I need to evaluate myself. Do we want the babies? And Mm -hmm. so the Lord really challenged us and said, would you take your intercession to another level? And would you consider adoption, uh, you know, in, in the face of this accusation? Not that anybody has to do it. Not everybody should do it, to be frank, you know, with you, Adrian. We, we need to uh, support those who do. But there are going to be people who are called to actually enter this realm, I believe, as the next frontier of the pro-life movement. So mm-hmm. I don't think you're wrong. I, you know, what you said is abortion is wrong, period. Whether, whether anybody ever adopts or not, but I think it's a strategy that actually demolishes the argument, takes the teeth out of the accusation, and can really give us equity uh, as, as we are standing up to be a voice for life and for the ending of abortion, the reversal of Roe v. Wade. If, if you know, what if, what if the church just rose up and said, we're going to adopt 
not only babies, but older kids. Because if we're going to be pro-life, we got to be pro-child, you know, not just pro-baby in the womb or pro-cute little newborn. We have to be pro-child. So we're talking, you know, um, little to big, big kiddos. And pro-mom, we have to surround the mom who is in crisis. Most of these women, um, these are this is a crisis pregnancy, and we need to wrap around her with holistic care. So that's our family story, that we stepped into this out of, out of being accused, okay? Not because we, we weren't trying to say, oh, we have to do this now. But you know what? Going, you know what? Planned Parenthood's slogan is every child a wanted child. There's a little bit of an accusation in that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As if every child is not a wanted child. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, no, we're gonna raise up voices louder than Planned Parenthood to say every child is a wanted child and we're gonna prove it. Mm -hmm. So, Wow, powerful story and nothing like the Lord to kind of push, <laughs> you know, or press or, you know, yeah. do, what God, do what God does. So if I'm hearing you right though, I'm here. I'm hearing that you agree and sort of disagree with me. I mean, I, I totally agree that abortion's wrong well, no matter what. Right. I would say, I just would say it a little bit differently. I would just mm -hmm. say adoption can be a strategy, mm -hmm. you know, in the hands of the Lord mm -hmm. to actually silence the accuser. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And before I want to talk a little bit about your, your journey, because I said in last week's podcast that I know many people, okay, who have adopted. And again, these are not just people who are adopting, people who look just like them. What about what you're seeing? Do you see people embracing adoption and jumping in the trenches as you and Randy did or not? You know, yeah, we really do. And it, our first adoption was in 2006. And I don't know if it's because we're just in that world or it really is changing, but our friend Lou Engel calls it the adoption movement in, in America. And it, uh, that's how it really feels that a lot of people have embraced this call. It, I think it is a call in a, in a certain sense uh, to adopt children. And we see a lot of people uh, who want to say yes for amazing motivations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to know more about your journey. And I know you said the Lord had, you know, he obviously tugged on your heart and uh, basically asked you to, to go a step further. Mm -hmm. Now, did he speak to both of you at the same time? Did one have to sort of convince the other? How did this work? Yeah. Well, so when we were living in DC, we were running an internship with about 50 young people, these young college kids. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was some of them who started to say, hey, I think this is what we should do. And we're like, you guys don't have a job. You know, you, you, yeah. you can't do this. They're like, well, what about you? And I'll never yeah. forget one of these kids, 22-year-old graduate from Lafayette University, uh, you know, no job, um, but smart, smart kid. He walked up to us and he gave us $500, which for a young, you know, a young unemployed, you know, college graduate is a lot of money. And yeah. he said, this is for that big white van you're going to need someday with all those kids. And I thought... Wow. 
what are you talking about? You know, well, sure enough, we drive the stylish 40 Conoline, you know, homeschool special and (laughs) it is not stylish, but, um, it was those, it was those young college kids. They were catching this vision of adoption being an answer, uh, you know, to the ending of abortion in essence. And so, so yes, he did talk to us in that context of community, Randy and I both. And you, and you've adopted six. We have. So for each one, did it require another word from the Lord? Another, you know, or, or did- oh wow, what a great question! <laughs> I think, uh, I think the second adoption did, mm-hmm. and it was just a nudge. It was this this thing that said, "Will you get ready for an emergency? Will you get your home study ready just in case mm-hmm. there's some child that needs you?" And there was nobody on the horizon and we weren't really pressing for that, but we got our home study ready. We paid the extra money to get it rushed. You know, the social worker probably thought we were crazy, but, and we sort of were, but um, she sent it to us on a Wednesday night and Thursday morning, we got a phone call about twins in Florida who needed Mm -hmm. to either be adopted by a family or they would be, they'd go into the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And so we flew down that Uh, next morning and walked out of the hospital with him at one o'clock in the afternoon. So that was a whirlwind. Um, And then the next, so that was twins. Mm -hmm. So we had our first adoption and then twins. And then our next one was another set of twins that were the bio siblings of the first set of twins. Oh, wow. And our last adoption was uh, a little boy who also was bio sibling. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. And they all have such beautiful stories. And if we had an hour, I would tell you them all, but oh. yeah. now tell me, tell me this though. Um, what are their, what are their ages? First of all. So uh, right now, mm-hmm. all, all of, I have a span of kiddos. So my oldest is 29. My youngest is six. Uh, the ones at home are 15, 13, 13, 12, nine, nine, and six. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. Wow. (laughs) Mind you, I'm the single woman who doesn't have any kids, you know. Um, But of course, I had many throughout the years as a teacher, but I didn't bring them home with me. Right. (laughs) I didn't bring them home. So, so, so here's a question that I'm really curious about because I know in in the past there have been times when people have adopted children and never told them that they were adopted. You know, the young, when they were adopted young, for example. Right, right. But I, um, how did you come, how did you bring, how does this come up in conversation? How have you discussed this with them? You know, how did that happen? Well, we are such advocates of open adoption when the situation is possible because we think it's healthiest for the mom, the birth mom and the child, because you don't, I don't want my children to grow up. You know, clearly they are not pasty white mid-America, you know, mid-America like I am. Um, We have all ethnicities in our home. We have African-American, Hispanic, Asian, and Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And so we're a very blended family racially. Mm -hmm. And they know that 
I mean, at some point they're going to figure it out, right? If we didn't right. tell them, but we want them to know their culture. We want them to know where they came from. We want them to know their birth mom and we want them to know she really did love them. She gave them life and that was love. And it was never her desire probably totally to make an adoption plan, but she did it because she thought it was best for them and for her. And so, and we want them to know that, that I think that just really uh, carries their heart into a place uh, of, of wholeness, really um, that, you know, just finding out yeah. maybe 20, when you're 25 and then trying to go trace your steps, that's a hard journey. Yes. Yes. You know, th I hope this doesn't sound like a silly question. Um, there are no silly questions. There are no silly questions, right? But there are pe there are some people who adopt um, adopt because they they cannot have children. Sure, you had already you and Randy had already had children. That's right. How how do you expand your heart enough to embrace more children who are not biological when you already have right. your heart so full with right. children? How does that? That is such a great question, Adrian. I remember having that question and wondering, Lord, am I going to be able to love this little girl as much as my boys? What am I going to feel? You know, am I, am I going to feel this connection instantly or ever? Am I just going to feel like I'm babysitting? But I'll never forget. I walked into that hospital nursery and there were quite a few babies in that nursery. And I remember walking by each little bassinet, like, is this her? Is this her? Mm. And the nurses wheeled around a little bassinet and they said, here she is. And they, they wheeled her into a little private room where they took her out of the bassinet and put her in my arms. And I just wept wow. because not only did I feel, feel this love and I, it was, it was a, only a divine love, you know, mm -hmm. but I felt this ache that there's a woman who walked out of the hospital without her baby girl you know? And so, so I, I don't have words for you. Like, how do you, how do you expand your heart? I think it just happens. Mm -hmm. And when you say yes, especially to the Lord, he helps you, you know, I mean, we're all adopted right into the family yeah. of God. Yes. The spirit of adoption is, that's how we entered into life. And so that's how we can love these children. And then again, and then again, again, and again, and again. Wow. <laughs> Do you feel that you've, I mean, I, I'm going to have you talk about Zoe's house before we're sure. done, but do, do you feel that you and Randy are done uh, with adopting? You feel that? Well, I'm not a young woman, Adrian. I'm, <laughs> I'm not as young as I used to be. And so you know, we really did found Zoe's house uh, with the hope that, okay, we can't adopt the whole world, but we sure can help other people do this. And we can, we can extend the mission that way. And so are we done? I would never say no, just because I just, I've, I've learned, I've learned to never say never. You yes. know what I'm saying? Um, so I think though, our, we have, we have shifted our focus to really help other families in their journey to saying yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the call still to adoption, but it just looks different. It looks different. Right. No. And you're, and you're open. Okay. I have to ask because there are people I know who thought about 
adoption and it just seems so huge to them and 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 it perhaps creates a little bit of fear uh, sure. you know as well or they just have questions and and i think it's important that people who have walked the walk have to you know you can speak to and be honest about okay this is this is the challenge this is the joy and i want to start with the challenge what if you could say the greatest challenge of adoption mm. and not, not even talking about running zoe's house just uh, just adopting yourself mm -hmm. what would be the greatest challenge as you see it well i think my greatest challenge and this you know so, this might be something uh, many families struggle with is the we didn't wait long. I think the wait is, is the challenge for a lot of people because sometimes you can wait a long time. But for me, we didn't wait very long at all. It was like two weeks with our first and mm. well, a day with our second and third and fourth. So, but there is that, there is that wrestle in the middle before it's final, because, you know, you've said yes. And you, when, when I say yes, I give my whole heart, mm. you know, but there's a there's a wait bef between your yes and and the birth mom making that final decision and signing her her name on those papers to say yes I I agree to this plan this adoption plan and I agree to this this family for my child yes and that's a very difficult place and it's just a place where faith rises up it's an opportunity to trust but it's not an easy place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. You know what? That waiting thing is a problem in all areas of life. I'm telling all you. All areas. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I, <laughs> I have a yeah, I have a joke among my friends. And I always say, you know, uh, you know, delay or wait must be God must have put that on my forehead because I can't tell you how many <laughs> times the Lord has spoken through someone else to say to me, you know, you know, delay is not disappointment. And I'm just like, I know, right? But, but I'm disappointed. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> or at least definitely delayed. But so we joke about that. I'm like, that's like my middle name with God, you know, just wait, you know, but his timing is always perfect, obviously. Right, right. So, so yeah, that's a, that, that's a challenge, the wait. And what would you say is uh, the greatest joy in this process? I mean, I think the greatest joy is looking at my children and, and knowing that I am stewarding the inheritance of Jesus for him. Hmm. I mean, these guys, they're not mine. Yes, we've said yes to adoption, but they're his. Mm -hmm. And to know that they have, uh, you know, a home where they're loved and learning about him and, and really they're, I mean, they're expanding my heart, mm -hmm. you know? in all areas. And so it's, it sounds, yeah. Yeah. sounds like the mission boil field. that down to one joy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like the mission field because I remember, um, you know, being on the, being on the mission field, both, I went to Guatemala, went to Africa. And I, I remember thinking, you know what, you, you go there to, to give. So you, you know, so you think, right. And you, you receive so much, they give you so much more it's so and, true. Uh, and it's so, it's, it's such a, an oxymoron, but, but it really is. Yeah. It's yeah. So okay. So I want you to talk about Zoe's house because okay. I mean, what an undertaking to not only open your home, but now <laughs> you've started something for other people so they can open their home. Right. So how do you, how do you create this agency and, and what, what was that whole thing like? How was that process like? 
Yeah. So we, you know, we spent a pretty penny on all of our adoptions. We could have had um, a very nice account <laughs> somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we thought, you know, we would love to help people adopt uh, in, in a more affordable way and a more holistic way. We wanted to offer them coaching and education in a more holistic way uh, than perhaps we received. And so we, we started the agency uh, to really remove the roadblocks from anybody saying yes. I think some of the biggest obstacles to adoption um, are financial. And mm -hmm. so we wanted to remove those financial burdens from people. Now, adoption is still expensive. I'm not going to tell you it's not. It just is. There is a true cost. Nobody's getting rich. Nobody's making, you know, tons of money, although it does cost a lot of money. But when mm -hmm. you think about the social workers and the attorneys and all the things that are needed to meet state requirements mm -hmm. for licensing, uh, you know, so, so you're actually doing this in a legal way. It just costs money but so we we actually partner with folks of like vision who know that uh, providing wraparound care for a birth mom and helping her not just place her child but actually get her life back together and, and, and get her to a stable place where she can flourish mm. and and help an adoptive family with their transition as well when we can do that and bring the cost down for families uh, whether it's through um, our lower placement fee or whether it's through grants that, that we might offer, um, we we just believe we're we're kind of we're kind of shaping the system, changing the system of how adoption's been been done. Yeah, well, good for you. Thanks. I mean, I'm so like like I said, excited to have you here because this whole it just it just blows my mind. You know, it just blows my mind for people to have, like I said, the heart capacity to do what you're doing and, and then to expand, to help other people. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And perhaps that's why I get a little testy when I hear people say, you know what, you guys used to sit down and shut up because nobody's really doing this. People are, people are doing it. You know? Well, people are doing it. And, and Adrian, you're right. They need to be quiet. They're, they're the ones that need to sit down and, and be quiet because yeah, abortion is wrong. Yes. And yet, we're going to silence the accuser. Yes. We're going to stand up and do the right thing. So. Absolutely. And you, and you are, and you are, and it's a beautiful thing. Okay. So you mentioned that this is a calling. Mm -hmm. You feel that it's a calling. Um, and so with that, with that said though, um, do you think who, who should not adopt? <laughs> You're going to, Maybe set that on recording. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like who should not adopt? I mean, clearly if your marriage is unstable or you're dealing with things in your life that just is, are going to make um, bringing a child into your family rocky, a, rock, a rockier boat than you're already on, that's probably not a good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think more more people could say yes than do. I think it, you know, it's disruptive. Let's not be, let's not be, you know, yeah, yeah. silly about it. It's it's not romantic. Well, it is you, you can talk about it romantically. It's not, it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. But I think 
A lot more people could say yes than do, but not everybody needs to. So yes, it's a calling, but I'll also say this. There are a lot of families, a lot of couples who struggle with infertility and adoption is a very legitimate, beautiful way to expand your family. Mm, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Okay. So if you all jacked up and messed up, you got to get yourself together first. Yeah, get yourself together first and give me a call. <laughs> and then, you know, what you can say about, about having children biologically too, right? So <laughs> right. I can say that. Okay. So that, that makes sense. Um, I'm going to ask you something that you probably, well, I shouldn't say you probably haven't because I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there um, without warning you. Yeah, put it that way. Okay. As far as what, what Zoe's house is doing, um, as far as your plan with your family concerning the issue, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, what would you say is your one year, five years? What do you see one year, five years, and 10 years as far as vision? Mm -hmm. oh, and again, I'm put, putting you on the spot here because I didn't, I didn't forewarn you, but I'm just curious. Oh, that's, one, five, that's great. So one year, it's in it interesting that you ask because we do have an actually a new initiative in 2022 that mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'm supposed to announce it in two weeks uh -oh. so I'm not sure if I should tell you now Maybe, don't, just, don't do anything dangerous let me just tell you this this program you can be looking for it um, in a couple of weeks it's called another way home Mm. And it, 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 we, we're actually starting to work with the state of Kansas and Missouri, mm. uh, the, the Department of Children and Family Services, uh, to work with their foster care program mm. and the adoption from their foster care program. So mm. that's mm. All, all I will say on that. Okay. But you can look for that very exciting announcement in the okay. very near future. Okay. And we hope that that program will be fully up and running in 2022. Mm. Five and 10 years you know, the, the culture of our entire nation is changing as far as the family, as far as marriage, and, and what that is even defined. And so we have always said we will, we're a smaller agency, and so we serve a traditional family. Most of our, our birth moms are looking for a two-parent family, mom and dad. And currently we are able to do that. Um, we will see what the landscape of the nation holds in the next five and 10 years. Yes. Uh, and so the other thing we would love to do is expand into the realm of expecting mom care. So moms who are pregnant in a crisis situation, uh, currently, we, we connect them with resources and housing um, outside of our agency, but we would love to perhaps, you know, I have this kind of dream. I'll just fill you in. I would love to see a community of tiny homes where we could have homeless women who are encountering a crisis pregnancy actually have a, play, a safe place to land and be cared for in the, this tiny home community. And so that's kind of a dream. Um, you know, on the five and 10 year burner and yeah, who knows? We may yeah. even expand into other States by then. Absolutely. So, who knows? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Something you said brings me back to a question that I have. Um, single people adopting. Yes. What yes. Do you, what do you think? I love it. I think why not? 
I have a lot of single friends who have adopted. It's beautiful. And, you know, sometimes um, they get married and, and, you know, instant family, you know, uh, because of the, ch yeah. the child or the children. And sometimes not. And that's okay, too. You know, uh, I think when there are children in need and there are single folks who have that heart, I think, thumbs up. Yes, yes. Well, I, I think it's wonderful that you obviously, I mean, I think that's wonderful, you know, and, but I do think it's wonderful that you have, you have Randy, you and Randy are partnering together because with 10, you know. Um, oh yeah. I'm not sure I would try to try, you know, try to do this with 10 on my own, but yeah. 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 And, I mean, and some have great extended families and things like that and they make it work. Absolutely. But, so, right. but, but, but what I'm hearing from you is whether you're a couple or um, if you're if you're single, it's it's about it's about the mission. It's about loving on these babies, giving them that stability and that love. Right. So that's that's wonderful. That's something that people should hear. People who are thinking and considering and questioning, um, and just you know praying about it. Your your story is is helpful because again, it's not like somebody. I was just at church tonight, and um, or was it this morning? This morning at the service, the, in the the we had a guest preacher, and he was talking about people who. Um, who haven't been there and done that yet. Okay. In general, any, any issue. Right, yeah. And yet, you know, they, they've got something to say, you know? And it's sort of like, okay, we'd rather, he, you know, I mean, we thank you, we, we have the wisdom of God, we can tap into that, but there's nothing like a personal story that people yeah. relate to, because you have been there, you're not just talking, you know? Right. So as, as we wrap this, as we get to wrap this up, um, coming to wrap this up, how can people help Zoe's house? Um, the mission that you have is huge. Your vision for the future is is huge. It's bigger than you are, obviously. It it is. So it how, is bigger. How, yeah. How do how are people who are listening, who who are whether they whether this is because they're pro life and they they want to you know stab this um this issue of abortion and just you know whether whether it's just they just have a heart for babies for children whatever. How do they help? Well, for Zoe's house in particular, I mean, we are um, always looking for friends, friends of Zoe's house. If you're local here in the Kansas City, Missouri or Kansas area, um, we always um, are looking for volunteers to come help with events or just a host of other things. Um, we have financial partners from across the nation who mm -hmm. buy into this vision and support us monthly even. Uh, mm -hmm. So we can actually carry out this work of serving expectant moms and adopt adoptive families with dignity and the love of Christ. That's a big value. We wanna, we wanna give these moms dignity. When they make this choice for life, and, you know, because they do have choice, you know, and, and, and Planned Parenthood isn't going to tell them right. their other choice. Exactly. Okay. But we want to, we want to dignify that they've chosen life and help them um, with their, with their needs as well. So our financial partners from all over the nation help with that. I would say in adult adoption in general, you know, we've had adoption boot camps here in Kansas City where people will come for a weekend and we will teach them how to start an agency in their church or their state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there's anybody listening right now who has this fire in their heart and you're saying, I want to do that in my city, we would love to help you do that. So give us a call. So how can they, how can they find you? 
okay, that you can find us on the web, zoeshouseadoptions.com. That's Zoe's, plural, houseadoptions.com. And that's our website. Uh, there's a way to communicate there. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, excellent. And spell Zoe's house for us. Z-O-E-S-H-O-U-S-E. Okay. Adoptions, plural. Adoptions, plural. Zoe's house adoptions.com. And if people right. go there, they can find out more about Zoe's house. They can also find out how they can contribute. Yes, that's right. true. Yeah. Okay. There's a donate page. That's right. Yes. yes. And every little bit helps. There's no amount too small. No amount too small. And you know, yeah. We, or too large. Or, or too large. There's that's my actually faith. There's true my faith well. right there, right? That's yeah. exactly right. Exactly. Okay. All right. We're that's all in this together. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm going to throw this back to you. I want okay. you to give us some final, your final thoughts to address the listener, anything that you would say to anyone concerning adoption, concerning this heart that you have, I want to give you the last word before we say goodbye to you. Well, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show today. And I just want to reiterate, I believe that adoption really can be the next frontier of the pro-life movement. Mm -hmm. You know, we can stand up, we can do something tangible to show the world, Mm -hmm. you know, to show, to show the Lord, we're serious. We want the babies. We want the children. And we're serious about that Isaiah 58 mandate of helping the fatherless, helping those who are in need Mm -hmm. and, and also helping moms in their time of crisis. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about families who maybe can't have their own biological kiddos, this is for everybody to consider how they can be a part. Whether you adopt or wrap around a family who has adopted, there's always a part for for everybody to play. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to have you as the first guest. Well, thank (laughs) you. On such an important, you know, it's it's such an important issue because I, I always say, you never know what, my podcast is, I don't really have a niche. My niche is everything. You everything. Know? <laughs> everything. But um, I love to it. Have you, yeah, to have you as the first guest on something this important. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we've established the fact that, you know what, this is, people are doing this. People have a heart for this. And, and whereas we talked, I talked about abortion, whereas that's a, that's wrong regardless of if anyone adopted. At the right. same time, what I'm hearing from you is that this does silence the enemy and people are doing that and yes, silence and giving him no place at all putting your heart in what god has called you to do and if adoption is that be open to that and he's not going to let you down there are That's challenges exactly right. yeah. there are challenges but i'm am i right to say that the joys outweigh the challenges 100 percent. yeah yeah well thank you kelsey thank you so much for joining me for the Adrian Ross show and thank you for everything that you're doing. I really, God bless you and Randy you. and your family. Thank you so much. All of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God bless you. And there you have it. My interview with Kelsey Bolander, mom of 10 children, six of whom she and her husband, Randy, adopted. As you can see, what a fascinating individual with a heart 
of love and one who's putting her hands to the mission. She's putting her hands to the mission. As I said, many people are doing. People loving on these babies, so important. And then opening uh, an agency so that other people can love on babies also. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this uh, episode of the Adrian Ross show. And, and again, Kelsey's my first guest. I've been doing this for a few months and she's the first guest and I'm honored and privileged that something this important um, takes that role, takes that spot, takes that position as the first historic. I say it's historic. We agree that it's historic. So thank you again for joining the Adrian Ross show on the BMG network. That is the BMG network dot com and you uh again maybe watching on youtube at the bmg network's youtube channel please subscribe there or maybe you're listening on a major podcast platform and uh you know you can subscribe there as well and also leave a review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen that allows a rating and a review it would mean so much all right it would mean so much so thank you again and i will catch you next time on the Adrian Ross show on the BMG Network, where there are many other podcasts that are insightful, informative, and entertaining. God bless you. Abundant. The Adrian Ross show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of The Adrian Ross Show at thebmgnetwork.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly. You don't want to miss even one episode.